It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, this is Jay Horowitz with a special edition of the Amazing Mental of my podcast. And my special guest this week is um, Kim Harrison, uh, former wife of Mets uh, player, coach, manager, jack of all trades, Buddy Harrison. Kim, you know, I'm a hopeless romantic, you know, that's me. And I think the stuff, what you're doing with Buddy would make a great movie. Let me give a little background. You were married for 34 years, got divorced in 2010, but still when Buddy was stricken with Alzheimer's, late two, late teen, 2015, you have stuck by his side. You become his advocate, which he now is in an assisted living place in Long Island. You're on the board of directors of the Alzheimer's Association, telling people about Buddy and what Alzheimer's, how it affects family. I mean, how do you do what you do, basically? Well, it's all out of um, it's all out of love, really, Jay. Bud, as you know, is the kindest, most generous man you know I have ever known. I think you feel that same way about me too. Him. Me too. Yeah. We were um, we were always amicable, and we were friends after the divorce. He said, "I just want you to be happy." You know, that's Bud. That's he wants everyone to be happy. And um, he's the quintessential caregiver, always reaching out, always caring for others, always, especially the underdog, underprivileged, uh, disabled. You know, that's who he's been his whole life. And so when he was diagnosed, um, well, even before that, when he showed signs, my daughter got involved and got him an appointment to, to get him tested before 2016. And the test came back negative for Alzheimer's and dementia. I guess there wasn't enough there to really give a precise diagnosis. And, and when the symptoms kept presenting themselves two years later, I brought him to his primary care doctor in 2016. And he flat out said, Kim, he has Alzheimer's. Just you know, symptomatically knowing Bud over many years and at that moment, um, Bud, of course, was very upset. And I told him um, that he would never be alone going through this. And we started, we didn't know where to begin. We were lost. There is no cure for Alzheimer's. There's maintenance and caregiving and clinical trials. And so we were put in touch with an organization and, and eventually found our way to the Alzheimer's Association of Long Island because they were so accessible to us. And everyone there has experienced Alzheimer's in their own, in their own personal lives. And so the people who staff the office and run the caregiving groups and educate people are all empathetic. Um, so anyway, what happened, the way I got really involved is 
because during COVID, we had to let go of the caregivers. And my son and daughter were living home at the time. And, you know, especially my son was overwhelmed with caregiving. And, you know, anyone who's a parent out there knows that you'll do anything for your children. And so I moved into the home. I moved, I rented my home and moved back in with Bud and, and TJ. And it was only then that I saw the level of care that was needed. And I wanted my children to be free to live their lives and visit their dad. And I was at that time and place available to do this. And it was very comfortable. It was the home I had lived in. I knew how to care for the home and it was easy caring for Bud in the beginning. And as it became more difficult, that's when we, we got extra help. And I reached out to the Alzheimer's Association more and their, their helpline and eventually found our way to full-time private caregiving in the home. And then that became very challenging. He was, uh, he went from being able to do many things for himself to needing help with everything. And he was unable to now move around. He loved walking about around the block and that became challenging. Um, he couldn't go in the backyard because it was dangerous. There were steps and there's a pool. He lived in three rooms of his home. So he was a prisoner as home. And, you know, we were paying for, he was paying for the home and property and maintenance and, and only able to live in three rooms. And so um, it was suggested that we look for an assisted living facility. And there was one just opening, very local, so convenient for us to visit, beautiful, only dealing in dementia and Alzheimer's. And he moved in there in June of 21. He's been there ever since. And you have you have visited him there. Yes, ma'am. You you have become, let me just backtrack a little bit. You got you, the family made the decision 16 or 17 to go public. You know, that's what he had what what he had. I remember. You made special preparations in one of the uh, the the baseball writers' dinner when the, the sixty nine guys were there. I remember, we we sat and with art to so have company there. I mean, but you've really become his advocate now. You know, speaking to different groups, athletes. You know, talk about the disease with just his family because unfortunately, buddy can't do that anymore. But what made you go public with the decision? You know, when you did to let people know what he had. It, it was immediate, you know, within two weeks of his diagnosis, he said, I want to go public with this. And I don't, I want people to know that they're not alone. And we had been well-practiced in fundraising, you know, in 1982, the, the Suffolk County chapter of the Make-A-Wish uh, Foundation of, of America was opening and Bud was involved in the very first wish. And we were deep into fundraising and advocating for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So for like the next 15 years, Bud was always very, very happy to lend his name and his fame and his goodwill to a worthy cause. He worked so for the was community just relations the department, did he, Kim? Yeah, I remember he worked for the community relations department with the next two. Yes, 
extra time. I mean, it just should be the manager, coach, and player. You know, he did the other stuff too. Yes, yes. After he was fired from being the manager, he segued into community relations until he got involved with bringing the Long Island Ducks to uh, to Long Island. You talk about the Ducks for a second. I mean, it goes in line with Buddy that he managed for a while. He threw bounty practice he could. He wanted to be involved with the community, right? That's why he was affiliated with the Ducks. Yes, Jay. And that was that's his proudest moment. I mean, he's got a golden glove and he played in the All-Star game and he was present for two World Series on a major league team. He is proudest of bringing baseball to Long Island and the access that it has for the fans. It's a reasonable price. There's no charge for parking. The, it's safe, the people walk around. He was always available for, to sign autographs, whether they came down to the dugout or he'd be on the concourse or he'd visit the skyboxes when he wasn't active during the game. And it, it, was, it was something that he loved doing, intermingling with the fans and being a part of baseball. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And the community. Can we go out and speak now? I mean, with the people, you know, do they ask you questions? What's the most common question you'll get now for a family who's just been struck with Alzheimer's with a family member? What do they ask you? I haven't been asked too many questions in a speaking format, but my our daughter Cassie spoke in um, 2018 at the caregiver, the Alzheimer's caregiver conference. And one of the questions was, how do, what do I do? I'm the, I'm the, the major caregiver and no one is available to help. And it was upsetting to this family member that other family members weren't pitching in equally. And Something that we agreed upon very early, there's five children and myself involved in Bud's care. Team Harrelson. Harrelson, yes. And we agreed very early on to assume that everyone was doing their best and not to judge others' efforts. And that when we needed extra care, we would reach out to the paid care. This was when Bud was living at home. And the burden of care would, you know, fall on more on one person than another, especially at the time my son, who was living at home and wasn't going out much, and oh, TJ's home, so he'll be there for dad, not realizing the level of care needed. And um, until I moved in, I didn't realize it either. And I always assumed that everyone was doing their best, 
And when we needed extra care, we would reach out and get it and not gossip or be judgmental or resentful of the family member who couldn't show up as much as another. And that was um, because I've, I've seen families get torn apart by this disease and, and um, it is extraordinarily burdensome to care for someone and sometimes family members have to leave their job and, and this becomes a full-time care and, and no one's really ready for this. So we have to, we had to really gather ourselves. We created a team. Every time someone now goes to visit Bud, we take a picture and send it out and talk about the experience. My stepdaughter's in California. So she gets here once or twice a year and this keeps her in the loop. And the other four children are working or going to school and very, very busy. I think it was this summer. We, you were arranging visits with myself and Art. We, we went to see Buddy and, you know, uh, you've been FaceTiming with him. As a hard came, I mean, it wasn't really much recognition for me. I mean, he didn't really know who I was. And, and do you, is it hard for you going here with your visits? With, is there a time, do you think he knows who you are or what, what's your thought about that? I mean. I can only guess about what he actually knows, but he does recognize me when I go as someone he knows. He's always happy to see me. He, he may reach out and try to touch me. Um, I don't really know if he knows who I am, you know, his ex-wife, Kim, or who the, who the kids are specifically when they visit him. But he's, he also responds in a way that you think he knows who you are. And we enter the building and we enter Bud's reality, whether he's eating, if he's not eating, he's walking around. And that's his favorite thing to do. And he walks slowly and, and he'll look up and he'll look at the other residents or the, the caregivers there. Um, there's not much interaction, but he's being very well cared for. And he, and he has private care within the facility now because he's a fall risk. While that is financially a burden, it's it makes me feel very safe all the time because I know that there's someone dedicated 24 hours a day to his care. You sent me a picture. I've seen a picture of him holding a ball in his hand. Was that your picture or? or uh... I took that picture. I went with a friend of mine who is very observant and he noticed we, we gave Bud a ball to hold because he'd walk with his hands behind his back. And as a fall risk, then, then you're like a lawn dart going head first. So we were hoping that a ball would help keep his hands in front of his body and maybe break a fall or he could touch the wall. And this friend of mine noticed that between his right hand and his left hand, he was holding the ball differently. In his right hand, he was holding it in these three fingers, which, you know, you use more. Oh, right throwing and his left hand it was just cupped in his palm and that's something I wouldn't have noticed that's, that's great you know Kim you came to the old timers they gave you sort of some of the guys like Cleon and Sham and you know uh, um and Craig but what was it like reminiscing with those, those guys I know you weren't married but you knew them through the years oh it was amazing I it was so unexpected you know um Bud's two older children were born during his earlier playing days. But 
our three children never saw him play. And so to bring my, my oldest daughter, Alexandra, there was a thrill for me, for her to meet some people that we knew long ago that she never got the opportunity to meet. And because we were representing Bud, we were allowed to be on the field and right. in the dugout. And the first person I saw was Felix Mion. And I could, I could have cried because he's, He's such a kind, generous man. Yes. He didn't look any different. Oh. And I was so excited to see him as, you know, a fellow player of Bud and then John Matlack. Yeah. And then I started seeing the players who were, the, who Bud coached and the players from 86 and, you know, the years before that and after that, that he managed. Um, but the, those two guys, the, the guys that he played with, that was an unexpected thrill for me. And to walk out on the field with Cleon, I said, you know, Cleon, this is such an honor. And he said, the honor is mine. He's a great you know? guy. Nobody better. He's a great guy. Yeah. It was, it was really the photo, the, uh, the iconic photo of a buddy running down third base with Ray Knight in the uh, game. What did he bring back good memories for, for that for you? Oh, yes. And it was so great to see Ray there. And we shared some personal stories, you know, some some tough times that that we've both gone through, and it was a very touching moment. Tim, what going forward? What do you plan to do with the association? I mean, you took part in the walk, right? There was what other things are you going to try to do to help them fundraise? This past June was the first time I got involved with the longest day, only because I was a little confused about it before, and. That's June 21st. So, you know, summer solstice, the longest day of the year, which right. we can appreciate now. The sun's going down, if, you know, by 4.30, it's dark. So that's their second largest fundraiser with the Alzheimer's Association. And you can, you can get creative. So what I did was I offered a yoga class on Zoom for people to come and, and make a donation to our team Harrelson for the longest day. And uh, so that's the way I'm going to get more involved this year. I'm on the advocacy committee and there's a spot open because Lee Zeldin left. And uh, so we are advocating with the new Congressman and hopefully we'll get a meet and greet soon on Zoom. And my job is to tell my story. You know, I'm, I'm not involved in the political end of, of pushing our agenda and you know presenting our our agenda as an organization and asking them for money but when i tell bud's story and that's a privilege that's a privilege like i'm i'm kim battaglia i took my maiden name back but having this connection to bud all these years um using the name harrelson the goodwill that bud developed because of the amazing kind gentleman he is goes a very long way that's what we use. You know, he built that over decades of, of playing and showing up for the community. And that still has momentum and that still has power. And as long as that's the truth, we're going to use it. What's your long range goal? I mean, I mean, are they close to finding a cure, not close to finding a cure? I mean, what have you heard about this? Well, the Alzheimer's Association is the largest nonprofit. Uh, fundraiser. They they raise the most money. They donate the most money for research, as a private fund, as a private group. And there there are drugs on the horizon that have a lot of hope that have been FDA approved, and I believe right now they're in um, 
they're not in clinical trial, but they're available for people, certain, certain groups of people. So we're pushing for the whole population to, to have access to these drugs. And there isn't a cure. I'm not sure what that looks like, if it will be one drug in the future or a combination of drugs uh, along with lifestyle changes. So the Alzheimer's Association, to use a baseball metaphor, covers all those bases. They offer all of those options and education opportunities to with cognitive and mild cognitive impairment from mild cognitive impairment to actually being diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia. And they're working to research all of it so that one day there is. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. The Cure. I got to ask you one more, one more baseball question before we go. What did Buddy tell you about the Pete? Do you never talk about the Pete Rose? Incident. Probably that's the one thing, maybe not the one thing, one of the top things that endured him to Met fan. He challenged the great Pete Rose at a fight during the playoffs in 1973. Yes. That tells yes. the boxy of Buddy Harrelson, right? I mean, uh, wasn't a big guy, but he got up fighting. He did, which, you know, after I knew for a while was surprising. And, and we weren't together during that time. I, I think that was my last year in high school. <laughs> and he, what he would, he told me what he would say to everybody. Yeah, I hit him in the fist with my face. Um, he said, Pete said to him, thanks for making me popular. They did, um, you know, they did card signings together. They ended up playing together on the Phillies. He just, he didn't go into too much detail. Actually, you sent me an article and I learned even more about it that Bud had said something the day before at the, the Mets Cincinnati game about the players looking looking like bud because they weren't hitting well and i didn't realize that that was the spark yeah. that yeah. angered the players and pete you know then came in hard at slid in hard at second base to kind of you know teach bud a lesson yeah kim I, i've been with the mets a long time you know i don't can remember one bad word ever said about buddy you know and, and you know with the player coach the only really player to have he's got two rings in 69 and in, in uh in, in 86 and what's the one thing you want people to remember? I mean, it's you know, I mean, what your, your visits? What would what's the one thing you would remember about Buddy for you? He is one of the most humble men I know. There, there was an article written yesterday in Sunday that came out Sunday in the Daily News that talked about this. That we were getting letters after his diagnosis, talking about how he impacted their lives, and these are stories that he never came home and told us. 
It's in his DNA. To he's the quintessential caregiver. He sees a need and he's there to help. And the fact that he had a name and, you know, a little bit of influence behind that name was a gift. And his motivation was always selfless. He would play in a golf tournament and always be on the par three, beat the pro. You know, he could be out there enjoying, you know, all 18 holes, but he said, where, put me where I am the most useful. And that was him. That was him exactly. That was him. So the, so just being civic minded and you don't have to be a celebrity no. to, to join a, to join a club, to, you know, join um, an organization, just do something from your heart. That's what, that's where he, he always was motivated, <coughs> motivated from the heart and could make an impact. Kim, if, if a fan or Mexican want to contribute, how would you contribute to this? Is there a, Zip, box office or anything. There is. Uh, well, if you wanted to contribute online, uh, it's alz.org forward slash Long Island. And then if you wanted to contribute specifically to Bud, you <coughs> would find the walk and they would ask you to search for a team. It's Team Harrelson. You could donate directly to Team Harrelson. Or you could call, um, and I could give you the number, 800-272-3900, and any one of the staff would help get involved or make a donation. So one of my favorite movies is Love Story. And I'm going to start to bring it. To me, it's a great movie. You know, I mean, maybe Ali McGraw could play you. Uh, oh, uh, oh my God. Yeah, I love but I really, what you do, I think you're just tremendous, Kim, really. Just keeping his legacy alive, his name alive. I think it's a great thing, you know, and, uh, and we got to FaceTime again soon. Yes, it's a privileged day. Thank you so much. And, I, and you know how much Bud loves you, right? Yes, I love him too. I know you do. Yeah. All right, thanks, Kim. I appreciate it. All right. You're very welcome, Bye. Jay.